Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Widas. And Sarah Widas, you have a new addition to your life. To my life. A new uh, human. To, <laughs> to my life, to this apartment, to this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I have a son now. That is... I'm a boy mom. <laughs> okay, it's weird. Okay, for some I'm reason saying like you have... <laughs> <laughs> like saying you have a baby is one thing but when you say you have a son that's that throws isn't that me. weird that's that's different that's isn't different weird yeah it is weird um i agree i agree thinking of him as a as a son is like a future man i know oh god <laughs> made it i've made a huge mistake that's like when it's like when our friend julia told me that she was going to have a boy and my reaction we were just sitting at a bar and i was like i was like oh and then i immediately Mm -hmm. was like oh crud that was not the right reaction (laughs) i'm so happy for you and she was like no i know i wish you were a girl you know you're like "Mm, it's fine (laughs) yeah no i it's funny because we were actually Tom and I were talking about that yesterday. He was like, do you still wish that you'd had a girl? Because it was no secret to either of us uh, that I was hoping to have a girl. And and I was like, you know what? At, like, I mean, no. Once, well, not once he's now. here. Right. Once he's here, you're like, of course not. Like, there's, like, I wouldn't change anything. But, like, you yeah, know, just, it is... <laughs> That's how Oscar Wilde was deeply, like, messed up as a child, was his oh, mother yeah, constantly time. telling him she wished he were a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's still plenty of time for me to inflict that kind of trauma um, <laughs> yeah. on on him. But, I mean, and of course, if he decides one day to live as a woman, that is perfectly fine. Uh, that he actually, you know, I mean, actually we can only hope. Yeah, that he believes it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I... It, Fingers still crossed. There's still yeah. time again. Um, but no, he's wonderful. He's very cute. Um, we last recorded this podcast, I think, about six in maybe probably what was before I had him. So it was probably like seven weeks ago or something. Uh, yeah, it's like the end of ago. April. Yeah. So like, oh man, the world has just continued to spin on its axis apparently until, you know, just spinning right off of the axis. Um, I mean, it might as well stop at this point. I know, just like we, we want to get off. I mean, it's so weird. It's weird to, like, it's weird there's so much happening and then it's weird to, like, have this baby and that's, like, there's, like, it's, like, almost like there's nothing else happening like in my life you know it's like that one thing is so engrossing and important uh and requires such vigilance (laughs) that it's like oh there's other things um and they're actually all very important and you know but like it's it's truly wild the whole experience is a real trip but uh he's very cute and i mean the one thing that um you know definitely keeps going is is uh the sheer the tube the sheer amount of oh tube oh and poop did you say poop i said poop (laughs) that's actually with him it's like there's a lot of poop but there's way more regurgitated milk a lot of spit up so gross it's a lot of fluids at all times there's a lot of babies are gnarly oh yeah i've been it took it actually took like three or four weeks for the for me to be like directly peed on like sprayed pee at me that took a few (laughs) weeks but um 
you know, that <laughs> thing that always happens in like the movies where it's like the little teeny penis, just fountain of pee. It's like that took a few weeks, but it definitely has happened. Oh, um, he's got just dead on at me the other night. Um, it's kind of cute, honestly, but it's not uh, cute. It's not. It, it's not that cute. But uh, the entire, honestly, like when we were in the hospital, uh, you know, if I, if you, if if anyone out there like has a baby, if you have a baby, uh, I cannot recommend more. Getting yourself a like three weeks prior, start getting very invested in. A TV show that has already aired in its entirety and is available on a streaming platform. Oh, do you have one in mind? Is there one that <laughs> well you're thinking of here? You know, we had started the Soprano Sopranos, and <laughs> the Sopranos, <laughs> the Soprano Sopranos, and uh, we were like, I think we were on the like beginning of the fourth season or something when we entered the hospital. And then we finished the show, like, three days after he was born or something. <laughs> so it's it amazing. We watched a lot of Sopranos uh, in the hospital. Like, literally, essentially everything we did with our eyes open that was not giving birth to the baby uh, was watching the Sopranos. So, and we, you're there for a long time not doing anything. So, um, highly recommend... Spoiler alert. Sopranos, good. It's good. Wow. Not many people have said that. I know. It's pretty brave of you. I'm what did you like best about it? Take. Um, so Sopranos is a show, I just got to say really quickly, Sopranos is a show that I think is pretty rare in that it got better in its last few seasons than... Uh, you know, I think it got better in the last two seasons. Like yeah. the, the last two seasons are really strong, um, really amazing, and I think they're so much more interesting actually than like the first few seasons, which are um, entertaining, but like the last few just get real existential and weird. Um, mm-hmm. And that was awesome um and yeah it's a it's a really good show it's not entering my like top five you know of all time or anything but it's really good maybe i'm gonna i still need to watch i was gonna say my other long neglected hbo prestige drama is the leftovers so um i'm gonna save that for if i have another kid if i never have another kid we're never gonna watch the leftovers. <laughs> i'm gonna hold you to that yeah. um so I think what we're going to do today, since we have so many, is like try to assign grades if we can that are totally yeah. arbitrary and meaningless, but and mostly on the spot. So what grade would you give the Sopranos? <laughs> the Sopranos. Um, I would give it an A minus. Yeah. Wow. It's, wow. Bold. A pretty insanely entertaining show. So I'm going to say A minus. Um, okay. Also, okay. while we were in the hospital. Or maybe this was right after we got home. The um, Italian butcher shop that uh, the Soprano crew gathers at um, and kind of like... You know, oh, in does... the show. Yeah, in the show. In the show. <laughs> uh, they like do a lot I of... I was like, oh, they do that near you? <laughs> yeah, it's right down the street. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Sertrials, uh And... Tom bought a, a onesie 
<laughs> so from Etsy, uh, which is really cute um, and made out of extremely shitty material. Uh, but I can't. I'm excited to get him in that. But yeah, I'm gonna say A minus. All right. So um, I'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit since we're on the topic of like shows that we have watched that everyone finished years ago. Yeah. Um, guess what? I started watching Friday Night Lights. You've been talking about it. That was one of your. At the I beginning remember. Of I actually. This is a rare case where I followed through on something I said I wasn't going to do. Usually, it's the uh, opposite. It's almost, and that's always me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, um, I might watch Friday Night Lights, but let's be honest, I probably won't. And then I did. It's usually me saying I'll do something and then not doing it. Right. So, um, that's pretty impressive. My. Um, my roommates and I, um, our friend, friend of the podcast, Amy, we are doing an exchange program where we Ooh. watch episodes of the X-Files and Friday Night Lights, which is her, like her, her offering to me. And then I'm making her watch X-Files. I think I might be enjoying Friday Night Lights more than she's enjoying X-Files, but I'm mm. pretending I don't notice. Hmm. Are you now? So, are you watching all of the episodes together of each show, or we will generally like watch an episode or two of Friday Night Lights and mm-hmm. then watch an episode or two of X Files? It's usually this. like once a week we'll watch like three or four episodes of something, and it'll be split. Okay, and are but are you free to also watch them individually, or is that no? We're watching them as a family. Okay, okay, I like. Though that. I did, we did. Heather and I watched and um, watched Tombs mm-hmm. uh, together, mm-hmm. um, and Amy did not want to watch TV that night, and I did not make her do homework with that one because okay. she did not like Eugene Tombs in Squeeze, so she I didn't I, like I didn't think one. she needed to. Yeah. I didn't like that one either on his watch, and I'm like, God, that one's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but I didn't make her watch it by herself, okay. so. Um, That's fair. It's a pretty scary one. Like, it actually, you know what it is? The season. scene, I forgot, like, I've seen it, you know, a few times, and, like, I forgot that the scene where, like, he's crawling after Mulder in the um, shaft underneath the escalator, mm-hmm. um, how, like, actually frightening that is. Yeah, he's Because, um, like, I was watching Heather watch it for the first time, and she's like, holy shit! Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you're right, this is scary. I happen to know that he gets squished at the end, so it's fine, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> he's very creepy. I actually, when I was in, like, you know, seventh grade or something, and... and I was getting into the X-Files, you know, because in, like, 1998, there were only so many ways you could watch Yeah, you just watch it whenever it was just didn't... on TV. Yeah. Right, like, if you missed it, like, I mean, the way that I mainly caught up on the X-Files was by when it went into syndication in the summer. Right, right. And I would tape it every Sunday, and so that I would, like, build up. And then when Aww. they started airing in syndication on FX... Um, I would then they would do marathons on Thanksgiving and I would tape the whole marathon. It's crazy to think that that's how we used to do. That was how you'd watch. But then the other thing is that if you went to Blockbuster, Fox had packaged up, um, had done these like, you know, kind of um, theme Right, yeah, it wouldn't be, like, all of them. It would just right, be, like, be like, like if you four watch, episodes. Yeah, like, like, if you want to watch these, like, four creepy episodes that all have, like, 
you know, Shirtless slimy Mulder. guy or something. You yeah. know, like so it'd be like the host, the one with the thing that lives in the sewer, uh, that's like the worm. I'm I skipped fluke. Um, fluke, the fluke, fluke man. man just because yes the fluke man they i was like i made them look at a picture of it and they're like yeah we don't need to see <laughs> that, that episode. again scary yeah Super and scary. like i remember that squeeze and tombs uh were on the uh the same the same uh vhs that had that makes that sense one. yeah you know so that was that was i and then i so i would rent that tape you know i'd rent these different tapes that had the different like oh my gosh you're so cute so i know i'm like okay, this is a fucking how we caught up on shows in 1998 like i don't know you know so yeah uh maybe we were like wow it's really great that. to have vcrs what did people do before they were able to tape things i know oh my god literally i, was <laughs> I like, remember thinking i remember god, actually I thinking about that like my family we were like taping like it's a mad 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 world off the tv and I was just like, wow, technology's great. And right. like, if you like to watch this tape, it's definitely like, it'll have like the beginnings of like the commercials and then it'll get cut off when you come back from commercial, you know. Right. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I, I, I was meticulous about my um, maintenance of my tapes and I would, <laughs> I would put a piece of, you know, you, you could put a piece of blank like actual you know, actual tape on the tape then you could write on it like what so i would write out the episode names that were yep. on that tape and yep. like i don't even know how i would explain this to a you know future 15 year old i know I, well your son you'll have to explain it to him i, I remember I mean, when my dad taped over raiders of the lost ark with die hard and i was so pissed at him because i loved <laughs> raiders and and then i like turned it on and it like was the first it was the beginning of raiders and then suddenly it was die hard oh, and i was the like worst what? When you're like oh, it's like yeah. robbed from you or like you're yeah. expecting to see it on there and then it's i like was like no i'll never be able it. to watch this movie again actually <laughs> Totally. We had we would always have problems with the with a uh, uh, VCRs because my dad would always buy like the cheapest VCR available and like <laughs> then it would break, you know. And I would I would like watch my you know meticulously taped X Files episode and I would get and it like there would be like static over it or something because the VHS sucked and like you know what. God. It's anyway, just like the end of an X Files episode. But episode. I love this. Um, I love this TV exchange of Friday Night Lights and and so you're liking Friday Night Lights. I am. Yeah. So I would give it, I mean, I'm liking it despite my usual um, distaste for shows about teenagers being mm -hmm. played by adults having sex. Like, I find it to be gross because mm -hmm. I'll be like, ew, but they're 16. I'm watching, like, I know that that actor's 22 and he's really good looking and hot and like, this is great. But like, I'm supposed to be watching a 16 year old do this. Like, yeah, that's so gross. Um and there are things about it where I'm like, these characters are ridiculous. Um, but I will say I love the football. I don't know if it's because I'm like sports deprived hmm. and I've just been thinking for the past two weeks how much I like normally this this is NBA basketball um, playoff time, which is like one of my favorite times of the year. And yeah. we're not having that. So I don't know if I'm sports deprived that like the scenes of like with the football games like is i'm like this is, is so exciting but it? i think i was like under the impression that it was like you know ostensibly this you know but there but there's like two football scenes an episode or something and it's actually all about like whatever it's mostly Ryan's. just the personal drama okay yeah but the, the scenes with the football is like definitely my favorite part but not every episode even has a game okay. um but the everyone told me including um amy that the best parts 
of the show involved the coach played by um uh, um um Kyle Chandler and his wife played by Connie Britton and mm. like that's super true they their acting is like their their rapport and their chemistry is so good um and their scenes are so humorous because they have like a 15 year old daughter and their parent it's just very realistic um the camera I would so I give the show at this point who knows what I would have given it 15 years ago who knows what I would have given it five years ago but I give it like a B, a B minus. Okay. There's a lot of shaky camera work. It's very like Soderberghian in terms mm-hmm. of like the cinema verite sort of aspect to it. Yes. Um, film snobs listening to this will like maybe have issues with what I said, but that's my interpretation. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's um, it's so that it's a little too shaky sometimes, and it's like kind of makes you feel a little ill. But um, <laughs> but the acting is really good. Um, the kids are real dumb. So. If it weren't for the football and the um, the coach and his and his wife, like I would be very bored by it. But there are parts of it that I get really excited about, so I give it a B minus, maybe a B. I think that I can't really think of Friday Night Lights at this point without thinking of the Amy Schumer sketch. Um, That's oh my gosh, yes, with the wine glass, the the increasingly. <laughs> So I had never actually us. seen that, but like okay. Amy then clued me into it, and I'm like, "Yep, that's it's yes." Yeah. <laughs> and then also just like right, I mean, oh god, the whole thing is it's it's a great sketch. Um, yeah. But okay, so B B minus. That's fair. Yeah. That's about like, I mean, that's about what I would expect. I I admit. I mean, I'm just only, and I'm only giving minus. it a B minus because of my tendency to um, inflate grades. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much I, I I give I want to give everything an A or a B plus and then like 10% nice. of things an F I do not do I do not do gradation well when it comes to evaluations I either like feel like it or feel bad and don't want to say what I didn't like about it or I'll just hate it so B minus just because I recognize that there are things that I would give an A yeah okay <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. yeah 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 that's like out there right okay just yeah one... i'm just thinking of the curve here this so. um this that reminds me of i promise i this will not become a regular feature of the show but just since it's our first episode back from me having a baby i just wanna when i was um in labor and i was having some contractions they were like early you know, I was like ew <laughs> the um like you're kind of in early labor for like a long time and you're having contractions and then like at some point you like move into like active labor and anyway so i was like i've been i actually i remember when your your husband texted me that like she's moving into active labor i'm like what the what was that that's yeah. what was she doing <laughs> was before? before this sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like oh, okay i see this is a long process and, and like so i was i'm like well know, i'm going to bed Hang in there, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, I'd been like, the nurse came and asked me at one point, she's like, so, you know, you're like, been having these contractions for like, how, what, what number, you know, on a pain scale from one to 10 would you give these? And I was like, oh, you know, like, like probably a seven or an eight. And she was just like, 
Mm. <laughs> Bad news. Mm. <laughs> you're going to have to... Uh, it, it gets if you, worse. These are, yeah, if you're <laughs> rating these at a 7, you need to be thinking on like a 20-point scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's awful. Yeah, that's like, truly horrible. Save room for what's still out there. So that kind of reminds me of... Yeah, just in the... Saving, uh, keeping in mind that yes, there are shows out there that would that would yeah, get an there are a. shows that I would give an A slash um, full labor or active right, labor. Active labor. <laughs> yeah. full, full labor. Ten out of ten <laughs> contractions. I, um, I, yeah, I give this. I give this active labor. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, we should just like run through. It's yeah. been like a month and a half since we last talked. Um, we've both been at home for similar but also different reasons um and we have as you might expect managed to watch a lot of tv um so mostly like new shows that have been you know we're not going to really talk about i think like shows like the sopranos or um friday night lights that we've been binging a lot of these are just like very recent shows so i think we'll just go through and kind of like give a quick grade for all of them yep cool um do you want to start yeah i'll start um Okay, normal people aired on uh, Hulu. Uh, I've been hearing good things about it. Yeah, I mean, I would say good show, not to me, not a great show, but uh, I was going to give it a B plus. Um, okay, okay. Very sexy show, very good sex scenes. Pro- honestly, I'd say worth watching for the sex scenes featuring very attractive <laughs> people, uh, if nothing else. Very good. So I, like, Googled this guy, um, Paul Mescal. First of all, his name is Mescal. Ridiculous. He kind of has, like, a Lee Pace sort of vibe. I see that. I know that I say everyone looks like Lee Pace, Pace, but, but like, (laughs) he he does look like Lee Pace, right? Yeah, I see see what you're saying, absolutely. Um, Okay. I know I've said that about, like, at least ten different I mean, Lee Pace is kind of a generic looking attractive white guy yeah but he's got like those pretty eyes and eyebrows that like kind of give him like a really like romantic face yes i agree um he's got some soft features um paul mescal just what a cool last name absurdly hot um yeah very cool last name call me like amanda Jin. i love it (laughs) um good chain uh that he wears um, yeah, I think a good show, to me, less entertaining slash interesting than the book, although, um, you know, I think it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, I think it's pretty good. I, I, our friend Erin, um, I texted her to be like, you know, if, um, I assume that just living in Ireland is just one long, beautiful, golden twilight based on um, what I've gathered <laughs> from normal people. It's just, Are you telling me it's not cloudy and, and Right, no, it people? seems like it's always just continuously a beautiful golden twilight in Ireland. Aww. Love just it. Just like, you know, the, the the bright azure blue of the, the North Atlantic. Yeah, with like a, a, an orange sunset, you know, happening at all times. <laughs> um, I still think that Daisy Edgar Jones, who plays uh, the other main character, Marianne, I still think she's a really good actress, but totally miscast in this. Um, you know what? You you saying that about like how like everything, it looks apparently really beautiful in Ireland all the time, like made me think that they must shoot everything like on like one day. And it reminds me of that, that bit in 30 Rock where they're shooting the, the werewolf movie in Iceland, but they're mm. doing it in the middle of the summer since it's really cheap 
so yeah. there's only like 30 minutes of nighttime and jenna keeps messing up the takes and they have to wait till the next day i'm imagining them like waiting for the next sunny day in I- ireland right i know i was like i'm like looking at you're looking at, and there are, are some scenes clearly a lot of scenes set uh where it's where it's pouring rain um but like i know i was like watching it like how did they get so many like beautiful it was all know, filmed in croatia yeah really funny also like there's like a scene where they're like at a pool party and i'm like people go to have they just hang out at pools in ireland is it ever that weather it's like funny to me um also the soundtrack for normal people is fantastic if you look up the spotify uh um playlist for the soundtrack it's really good so b plus um b plus this is right. america which i said i wasn't gonna watch and of course did and then you um, did and i did uh I'm going to give, like, a B, B minus. Um, All right. I thought it was really entertaining. Um, this is the show about the uh, fight to pass slash fight to defeat uh, the ERA, um, the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, on also on Hulu. Um, you know, definitely this is, like, a the goal here was entertainment and not, like, this is not, like, a biopic or anything. It's... The mm-hmm. goal here was to be entertained, and I and it is really entertaining. Actually, it's like very entertaining. Um, the performances, I actually felt like a lot of them were like only okay. Kate Blanchett is really good, unfortunately, as uh, Phyllis Schlafly. A lot of the other performances, I just felt like were kind of um, more like imitations. I don't know, Impressions, especially Margot yeah. Martindale as like. Bella Abzug and, and Rose Byrne as, as Gloria Steinem. It kind of just felt like you're watching, like, people play dress-up. I don't know. It was, like, weird. I A lot of that didn't work for me. Um, <laughs> that was, um, <laughs> did you listen to that episode of Who Weekly where they're talking about it? And, like, Lindsay at one point is just like... And, you know, when they approach Rose Byrne to do her impression of, right. <laughs> of yes, Gloria yes, Steinem. Right, yes, right. Because when she slipped yeah. that up, I was that was exactly... I was like, yes, that's what it is, though. It just seems yeah. like a lot of impressions i don't know i yeah a lot of that really didn't... Well, i mean that's why and that's why like they love to give like oscar noms to people that star in biopics because it's like a real easy way to see if someone's like doing it when they like yeah it's like a cheap imitation of acting where it's like yeah it's not an impression it's like about being bringing like a humanity to like the screen right, right. But, like you can like you can forget that and like pretend that you know what you're talking about if you're just looking at like their mannerisms totally and this is why Kate Blanchett is a genius because she really like inhabits you know I think a character and, and she's the only one honestly who I was looking at and like wasn't just thinking like this is an actress playing her where I was like this right is, this is the person but um you know I think the most interesting part of this show is the kind of infighting among the the livers um the women's livers um which is really interesting and just like both along racial lines among mm-hmm. lines of you know the, le- the lesbians wanted more say yeah. in the platform. yeah obviously black women wanted more say in the platform like you know um and there's just the infighting is is the most interesting part of it and i wish that that was like most of the show and like I mean, that was my reservations about watching it at all. It was just like, I don't need to show that. I know that she's not going to be like a super sympathetic character, but I just, that, 
I still don't want to watch it. Yeah, so. you get sick of her for sure. Even though yeah. again, Kate Blanchett is she's fantastic. Um, but you're like over the Phyllis Schlafly of it all by a few episodes in, definitely. Yeah, um, and she continues to, you know, she only gets like sort of more sympathetic because she kind of like stops being as um, kind of influential in her own sphere so you know i don't know and then oddly like i feel like the show ends at a a weird point in in this fight but so that's enough about that i would say bb minus um and then the only i was just gonna i think those are the two that i watched that you didn't so do you want to do yeah you should do yours should i do mine okay um yeah let me skip down a little bit um i watched the great which is that um yeah this looks about like a lot of fun it's so much fun um and it's it's really like immersive like i would watch just you know a couple episodes and i would just be thinking about it later or like when i was getting ready to go to bed i would just be like still in that world um it's very rich um and it's it's silly of course right it's very much you know in the style of the favorite people are behaving ridiculously they're definitely speaking um anachronistically and yeah yeah, and it's a little over the top but um and you know not super historically accurate um but it still feels so real like you're watching it nothing feels forced um nicholas holt who plays peter is hilarious um you know, men always get the funny roles, but like, boy, he is—he is really funny in it. His line delivery, every time he uses the f word, I laugh, and I'm like, that's such a cheap, cheap laugh, but it gets me every time. And he's um, so good in the favorite too. Like, yeah, he's, he's really yeah. funny, and that this is obviously I was—I haven't—I only I watched a, some of the great, and I want to go back. I recommend and watch it because I, I, um, yeah, only what I what I did see was like very entertaining to me. And I thought that I would get sick of, um, what's her, gosh, what's her name? I'm having a hard time with names today. Um, uh, Elle McPherson's, uh, like, uh, no, not no, Elle McPherson. Elle, uh, what the heck? What's her name? What is why, Elle McPherson is like a model, yeah, right? Yeah, she's the um, model. I, she's on Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning. Boy. Where I that was, like, was I weird. Was like, she has a sister. What's her name? Yeah. <laughs> I thought like Elle Fanning's, um characterization would get annoying because she's very like prim and you know but she's really fun um she doesn't get annoying or at least she didn't to me i could see if other people might think that but i found her to be really charming um like she's not too overbearing her character is just very intense um and uh um like idealistic but uh it works it's good and I had a great time and I finished it and probably because um, I started watching kind of I finished it in like a couple weeks and um, I highly recommend it. I would give it probably an A minus. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really want to. I'm surprised I didn't hear more about the great. I think like generally, I don't know, much yeah. more buzz about it because it seems. I was going to say it's like a Hulu thing, but, you know, I. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, it depends on, you know. But, like, Little Fires Everywhere got so much attention. I didn't think it was nearly as good, so. Right. Well, I mean, it's all about, like, what kind of, what Hulu sort of, or what these various platforms, like, what they decide to back. Right. So, clearly, this spring, Hulu went way hard on Mrs. America because you're seeing ads for that thing everywhere and the star power behind it and everything. And it seems like they went Which is such a shame because. Yeah. And the way season one of the the great ends it leaves you really much you know very much wanting more so i'm awesome. hoping they do another season um i had a great time <laughs> please put me on the cover of your dvd uh done and done we're yeah gonna, we're gonna put that actually we're gonna that's gonna be i mean that's gonna be the 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 pull quote that gets put on the billboards <laughs> yeah I had a great time, says someone you've never heard of named Amanda. From a very influential podcast. (laughs) That can go a month and a half without recording and still have its same fan base. Um, Okay, so going down other things I watched. um, I watched Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling um, show about the um, teenage girl in California whose father dies and then she starts her sophomore year and she has a crush on of course the popular cute boy who's played by a 29 year old which is Ooh, very strange because wow. the mm. her act the actress is played by a 19 year old and they're like mm. Amy pointed this out she's like that's a little weird but mm. you know acting I don't love that yeah he does have like a young face and he's because I think, like, we'd looked up his age because, like, boy, he's super cute. We got to make sure that this is age appropriate to have a crush on this kid playing a high schooler. Um, and, yeah, he's 29. So feeling good about my choices. But <laughs> not maybe about the show's choices because I thought it was really great. It's a stroke of genius. I'm just full of it today. God, I'm sorry. Hit, of just keep the- those coming, Amanda. <laughs> a tennis stroke of genius to have uh, John McEnroe be the narrator on the show. It's like really great. Um, he d- he also weirdly didn't get annoying to me. John McEnroe is like annoying by nature oh, and sure. it like worked. It was good. Um, there's one thing that really bothered me about it that has kind of colored my entire take on the show, which I think by and large is really sweet and well done. Um, and like overall a positive show for girls and I think honest but um they have the character um which now I'm forgetting her name because it's been a while since I watched it but she her father dies in like ninth grade while she's at like a, a band concert right and she um like her she's performing like the high school band and then you catch up with the show like six months later or whatever and you get the impression at that like she that more time has passed that she should be getting over things by now but that's not that much time um and the thing that really bothered me was that they had it so after her father passed away she was in gym class and suddenly like she they were swimming and her legs stopped working and doctors could not figure it out, but she, she just, like, couldn't use her legs. So she was in a wheelchair. And I the, this is all in the first episode. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Like, they're going to have, like, a main character in the show about teenagers be in a wheelchair. But then by within five minutes, maybe, 
she's no longer in the wheelchair. She's like cured. She just she stands up while she's at the grocery store because she wants to see her crush over the top of the car, which, yeah, I guess is funny. Like her legs just miraculously start working so that she can see her crush. But the whole thing I find to be really cruel and deeply problematic because it's then referenced throughout the show. It's like, oh, yeah, you're the girl that was in the wheelchair. Like it's this funny thing that like makes her more nerdy that she was inexplicably unable to walk and was in a wheelchair. It's like this, like, I I find it to be just really misguided and kind of indicative of like some of the things that Mindy Kaling has done in her writing and comedy where she just kind of is oblivious to things. She's just being a little bit insensitive. And this is one I'm like, you just didn't need to do this. Um, Like just this idea that like, a kid having been in a wheelchair is this funny joke to make you think that they're like quirky. you know quirky or or even just something to be made fun of mm-hmm. um is really messed up and that actually kind of colored the rest of the show it's it's minor in the grand scheme of the entire season but it figures strongly into the first episode especially um in a way that really bothered me that you know if so if they had left that out or if they had just like had her be a kid that uses a wheelchair um that would have been one thing and i might give it like a b plus um because it's a little it's a little you know expected in many ways it's very much just like a a teen comedy right Mm. um but i probably give it a a B minus or a C plus because of that, but that just that's because it really bothered me. Um, all in all, I did really enjoy it and find found it charming. Aside from that, so awesome. I mean, it's yeah. interesting because I had wanted to. I had been interested in watching that one, but it's interesting you say that because like I remain skeptical of Mindy Kaling. I think I yeah, and there are things about it where I'm just I'm like, does she? Is she? Sometimes I wonder if she's has a you know a progressive or you know intersectional sort of feminist uh orientation because she knows that's what people want or Mm -hmm. because she actually believes it i sometimes can't tell with her if that she's just like writing for what the people want um or if she is you know just uh like she like she doesn't understand why certain things are offensive and certain things are funny like i don't think she always gets it also a lot of um people have pointed out that like and and she was also a writer on the office in addition to and and a producer on the office in addition to you know Mm -hmm. just a character but uh that her characters like and ones that she writes for like are consistently like women of color who uh date white men and like Mm. i don't know that's also like a weird and i know that that's an aspect of this and that's in this show well. yeah um but just like something I, yeah i don't know i just remain kind of like a little side eye about mindy kaling even though i, I, I thought that this yeah. show looked yeah pretty charming um i am too and um that didn't change yeah, after watching after this, this. <laughs> yeah. but there are things about it that i did really enjoy when they were they were on so mm-hmm. um and her her dad in the flashbacks is pretty hot so (laughs) that's that that's fun um anyway (laughs) um oh one real quick i also watched this finally the second season of the wine show um Ah, and it's glorious it's wonderful it takes place in southern france 
it's it's great. Um, Do you want to just give and, people a brief uh, in case they haven't heard of the wine show? Oh, have we not talked about the wine I don't show? Know that we have. Or we I don't have, know because we watched it so ago. we watched it together. So yeah. the first season so long ago. You're so right. We might ago. not have. It it's this very weird show just called the wine show um the first season was hosted by matthew good and um podcast favorite matthew reese um they go to italy they they are in a villa and there's um this sommelier type wine expert named joe fatterini who brings them different wines from all over the world they taste it they're just charming they go on little adventures in italy where they have to pick different bottles to meet a challenge that then joe then picks the winner um each episode is like a different challenge where they have to pick a couple wines and that's pretty much it and then you also get like a long segment yeah (laughs) and you get a long segment where joe goes to like argentina or joe goes to georgia um and it's very silly the second season matthew reese is only in it for a tiny bit he goes he visits joe in this little shop in st james's in london um to talk about different gadgets for wine it was clearly filmed in like an hour at the most um and they have each they divide it up into segments for each episode um and the scenes at the 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 chateau villa or whatever it is in france where matthew good oh in this season the other host is james purefoy um was also clearly filmed in a day but they do the same like they have the same conceit that this is all over like they'll have joe walking up joe will have gone to they'll show a clip of joe in british columbia or a clip of joe in argentina and then he'll be walking up to the villa like oh i brought you back this wine and they're all wearing the exact same outfit they were wearing the episode before and the light is exactly the same. And you're like, yeah, we know this is the same day. They're not even trying. making magic. Yeah. But they do these long intros before every segment to make you, as, as if it's been months since the last episode. It's very strange. But um, I would say it's still a lot of fun. It's just like a bath of warm uh, Mediterranean light. And the sexual tension between Matthew Good and James Purefoy is pretty great to witness so all right yeah Yeah. like at one point matthew good says i hope i'm never naked around you and james purefoy says it's just a matter of time so you gotta love that sexual attention (laughs) you really gotta admire it even though matthew reese isn't in this season yeah i mean you do get to see him and he's just tormenting joe fatterini um but it's not the same it's not the same you don't get the reesey goody um camaraderie but but i mean seriously i mean i should catch up on the wine show but if you are looking for a very a fun distraction show that carries no weight of the world whatsoever um, none absolutely could not be less consequential um yeah. Wine show. So I don't. I'm not even going to grade it. It doesn't it matter. Doesn't. That's not the point of it. A plus. I don't even. You know. It's an it's an A plus for what it is. Yeah. It's just it's fine. It's graded on its own curve. Yeah. The on the wine show scale, it's yeah. it's what would it, they would give it a very shows. yeah yeah <laughs> one bottle. Um. Yes. Okay. Um. Should we go up and go through the ones that we both yeah, that watched? We watched together? Or, uh, yeah, that we both watched. Um. So I think the first one would be Run which we were both very excited about on we HBO. We were. We were. Um, 
you know, I say C plus. Interesting. Ultimately, hmm. didn't work that well for me. There, okay, that's interesting to me. I give it probably a B. More generous, yeah. Yeah, um, because it, if I view it as a whole, and each episode how much I enjoyed it, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is this sort of weird feeling of letdown I have about it when I do think back to it, and mm-hmm. I've been thinking about why that would be. I do wonder if the sort of intrigue, the sense of mystery, and uh, that that you feel, especially from first of all the trailer, yeah, but then also Very from just trailer. the first episode, um, it, there's this the sense of I wrote fantastic madcap possibilities, yeah, and that's not fully realized. No, I wanted and more nothing can top the first episode, which is where you have this, like, the utter novelty of Merritt Weaver and Donald Gleason's chemistry, along with not knowing where the show would go. And you anticipate all these incredible reveals. And I give it a B because in the end you realize that it is this long sort of rom-com thriller aspect, and the reveals are very much um, introspective sort of things about the characters. But you feel, you know, watching it on a timeline where we experience how we experience time as a you know fourth dimension it's not there's this sense of letdown you get at the end that i think accounted for the sort of sense of like air being let out of it Mm -hmm. um but all in all i still think it succeeded and the episodes were well crafted so i give it a b yeah i think like you said like the letdown i found it really anticlimactic um yeah and i kept wanting like zanier or like kind of twistier or we'll talk about dead to me you know um which we both mm-hmm. watched like speaking of twists yeah but like right it's like it just throws entertaining after entertaining twist at you and they both right. kind of were trying to do a thing where every episode ends in a cliffhanger um and with dead to me i'm like give me the next one right now like right oh yeah you can't you can't me. stop them after each no, one you cannot stop them Run, I was, like, not only not particularly compelled into the next one, but, like, would not have wanted to, um, you know, if, if given the option, which I, I watched it on a week-by-week, week, you know, not as a binge. Um, right. Know, uh, I wouldn't have, like, wanted to... I, I wouldn't... I'm kind of, like, it took a few weeks for me to, like, return to it each time. Um, and that's what I wonder if they had built it and I think this is a fault of not only the advertising for it, but also the the setup of the first episode. Mm-hmm. The first episode is a very different sort of feeling yeah, you get when totally watching it than the rest tone. of the show. And that show would have been fine, too. And so is the rest of the season. But if you had, you know, build it or set it up in the first episode where you got you knew more about these characters, which end up being they end up being pretty mundane characters. Yeah. Right. And if you knew that from the beginning and you're watching it for their chemistry and you're watching for the sense of like, what are they going to do next? It would have, I think wildly succeeded, Yeah. but it had all this like possibility in that first episode for something more. And then you don't get that. And I just wonder if, you know, if they'd said a rom-com thriller, I would have been like done. Yep. That's what it was. Perfect. Like, you know, they should have advertised it in more of a, in more of like a killing Eve 
vein, which is, you know, a which is or even less of that, and like is but is funny, but is you know a real mix of tones, you know, and like uh, also is is a thriller and is dark and is like I just did not expect dark to get as. I didn't expect Run to get as dark as it got, and that yeah. really threw me for a loop, I think. Um, Interesting. What did you think about the Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Her American line? accent is terrible. Awful. <laughs> it's so and bad. it's so bad. <laughs> and I also just found her entrance into it. I mean, I guess they're trying to make you think, like, well, if there's a second season, she'll be in it way more. In which case, I'm like, well, I hope she fixes her accent before then. <laughs> yeah. But, but I found that with the um, with that the police officer to be a little like strange and besides the point. I, was like, Where I didn't is get this it coming from. And also, a lot of those lines felt fell really flat to me. Like, yeah. they're trying to also put in uh, a lot of jokes in into I think particularly the cop. And I was like, just so much of that was like not working for me like they like I didn't I could not figure out what they were going for with that plot line um and yeah and I'm like and then we spend a lot of time with them in the first in the last like two episodes I'm like wait what is happening I sometimes you know I almost feel like that that maybe the season even ended too soon they didn't really know yeah they had this great premise they just didn't know what to do right I agree I was like oh it's over but if you had you know from the beginning like I was saying build it as like a a question about their relationship um, and there's less mystery involved and it's more just the straight what will happen next as opposed to what don't you know next yeah um, I would have been more affected by the end mm-hmm. where she's with her family I w- all these things right but when you make me spend my energy wondering what it is I don't know yet or trying to guess at things I'm not going to appreciate the stuff that is being given to me yeah. you know you, suspense doesn't come from just not knowing things. Suspense comes from just, you know, wondering how things will be resolved or what will happen. So yeah, um, it's almost like they didn't really understand what would keep people watching. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Um, I honestly, and I think that the end is designed to stand on its own. Um, in, sure. But I, I'd be pretty surprised. I mean, of course, I'm sure that they, you know, are, are hoping that it gets a second season. I think I would be pretty surprised if it did. Um, but yeah, I don't like. It was kind of disappointing to me. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine it costs that much for HBO. To That's true. That. I'll say if nothing else, this I feel like show they're going to really do a second season. Me wanting to. I was like, is this show also just an extended advertisement for Amtrak? I know I've been wondering so much about what that's like I keep meaning to ask um, my friend Susie who's done the who's done the cross-continental I'm also like it was specifically there's a lot of I think there were like several shots like of the Amtrak insignia on people's um, like on like the the you know well, and also all of the Amtrak employees right, are really employees, nice out, outfits and stuff. Um, like there are no Amtrak employees that, and I'm not. This is not me. I'm not saying my experience with Amtrak employees is bad, but just you would think that in a show you would 
find opportunities everywhere to have like crazy or weird or mean characters but every single Amtrak employee was like unfailingly nice I know I actually thought <laughs> do you know what I mean or super cool like the bartender thing. I was like our Am- I mean again not that I've ever had an, an unhelpful Amtrak uh employee. no I'm just thinking from a writing point of view nice, but I've also never had more than five seconds <laughs> like I mean I guess it's maybe different if you're living on the train for several days but I'm like yeah they really had a lot of extended interactions right and all of them were just like perfectly kind yeah I right you'd think like you know the weird. they would have from a writing point of view you'd have one Amtrak employee that's making life difficult for them because right. that would introduce you know plot points easy. I, I honestly almost would think that it was like some kind of weird extended like long like Amtrak's like you can film on our, that we on our train know. but you have to yeah you know. well and also except that we all know that Amtrak has no money so like, that couldn't possibly be the case right uh, for them paying for this kind of exposure even though I think it's pretty good no that's why that's why I think if if, if, if anything and I don't know yeah. if there is they, it would have been like you can you can film on our train. We will run a train for you. Yeah. Um, because there aren't many private train lines in America um, or train lines. We will let you f- commandeer an entire train of our very limited fleet to film with us. But you have to make us. You have to give us good PR. Yeah. Yeah. True. That. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't have to pay for use of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah interesting yeah anyway disappointing to me um but you know i i you know it was an interesting i thought it was an interesting experiment but you know yeah um uh what we do in the shadows still an a still an a oh man this season is better than the last it is we talked about it a little bit already i know yeah we don't need to go into it too much i think yeah i mean we um, talked about it a lot actually i forgot i'll say it stays that good yeah i mean it is so good if you i mean and you do not have to have watched i mean i think the show is better if you do watch it all but i don't think that you have to i mean you get the idea two seconds into it so um it's also the seasons aren't very long so might as well start from the beginning yeah Totally. I mean, agreed. Uh, and the finale aired this week. I guess I still need to watch the finale. Yeah, it's great. I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, it's what you would want from a finale from this season. Ugh. So it it's so funny. Yeah, it's uh, good. Definitely an A. Um, and I'm pretty sure it is the finale. Okay. The yeah. last. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I last so season. Too. I thought I'd watch the finale, but I didn't. <laughs> right, we need to make sure, right, Sam? We need to yes. Make sure that we're <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched the finale. This <laughs> show this time. Um, and Insecure, which we also talked about a little bit at the beginning of the season, uh, the finale of which also aired this week. Um, yeah. And I need to watch the finale also, but I'm caught up. Otherwise. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I give... I mean, I'll always give the show an A, but I give the season maybe a B plus. There's um, the the last episode is really good. I will say that. Yeah. But there's some there like this. There's a sense of the slow burning thing of of Molly and Issa's friendship is the way it hammers out in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's the pacing was completely correct. So. And that's basically the theme of this episode. But 
I might change my grade depending on what the next season would bring because it's definitely uh, it's good. So I'm not going to say any more. We should talk after you watch the last yeah. episode. Um, a lot happens in it. It's a pretty pretty intense and really good episode. But yeah, a lot happens. So you know, it's a little. It's interesting because I'm a little bit on the reverse where I'm like generally i find insecure to be a little more uneven i would say like this show overall i give like a bb plus but Mm -hmm. this season i thought um was really good um and probably the best season maybe since like the first one Um, i was with you this last episode i kind of like oh wow this is it just felt i don't know maybe here's the thing i watched it two hours ago so i haven't been yeah reflected that much but i my impression after was just like whoa whoa like i felt like kind of like a whiplash but this season this season's been really good i think like i I think because Issa's in such a better place it's way more enjoyable to watch yeah and i like right especially i mean she's always had a, a hard time figuring out what her direction is in life and like what she wants yeah. to do she spent all this time with like we got y'all and like you know that was like this like pretty toxic um place with a pretty toxic mission um and like you know i think it's awesome that she you know right is like it's I, I love this direction for the character where she's like trying to start up this you know whole like uh, yeah, and she's just not fucking up and... that much, which is no, it's great. No, it's I not mean, frustrating, you know. And it's yeah. like something she actually really cares about, and um, like I, I don't know. I think I think that's really awesome. And, and then I think the focus on the 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 focus on on Molly and Issa's friendship this season being the main driver of the drama instead of. Um, Lawrence <laughs> instead of Lawrence or like these various other dudes that Issa's dating although I really love I agree um, what's his name Andrew Molly's Molly's boyfriend yeah I like yeah, him a lot Andrew's I great really together and like I think that um, I think that it's like a little bit it's a little bit plot devicey for the whole tension with his brother who, who's like this kind of weird I mean he's like not like racist but like He's, he's just, just really he's just obnoxious an devil's advocate type. Yeah, he's just he's just a jerk. Yeah, I mean he's just kind of an asshole. And and I love the episode where um, they go to the beach and like they have this you know kind of like showdown between Molly and Andrew's brother it was was really good. Even though it's like it feels a little we just got to throw this in there just because we need another source of tension between the two of them. But whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, but I I, I love refocusing that drama on you know friendship which is just like it's a more I don't know I find that more relatable I think for like women in their mid-30s like that's kind of yeah I I think I I, yeah I get that Um, though I'm someone that doesn't have that kind of like you know what's the word is it tendentious relationship mm -hmm. with female friends at this age and I always find it weird and TV shows and movies, how often that's used for um, plot for shows about and movies about women. Um, you know, there's always some sort of falling out that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, so 
But in this but case, it kind it. of works. Though so I'm works. definitely inclined to think everything is Molly's fault this season. Molly's a bit of a pill. I so. know. Well, I was like, that's what I was thinking. Like, I absolutely blame Molly here. Um, I think Molly's definitely being an asshole. But I mean, you know, I think that also the tension not being. I mean, I think that I totally think what you're saying is true about female friendships and like how a lot of the you know. But I don't think this is. It's not catty, and it's not the source of their tension isn't like, no and it doesn't have to be catty i mean you know but it's like yeah. it's also just it's just that they're drifting apart and like not really as central a part of their each other you know the other person's lives anymore and that happens i think you know and it's hard to process and i just feel like the source of the the erosion between them i find that to be like pretty pretty relatable and i think that's being done yeah really well um so i don't know and also just like finally i'm glad we have something to do with lawrence because lawrence has been some real dead weight on the show and like yeah you know it's it's i think it's nice to have like an actual plot line that i was semi-invested in with lawrence even though you know the actor who plays lawrence i can't think of his name right now he's actually Um, in mrs america also Oh, I was going to say he was in two minutes of an episode of Heart of Dixie. <laughs> He's also in about two I was like, is that, is that, is that Dr. Lawrence? <laughs> I like paused it. I'm like, it is. It is. He, he, he has like one line. He's actually <laughs> like, um, Gloria Steinem's boyfriend in, oh, yeah, uh, Gloria. in Mrs. America. And Gloria could get it. Yeah. Um, and he has a kid and, uh, anyway, so I guess I don't really know what the real life relationship between. Yeah, I don't know who that close. is. But anyway, uh, you know, I mean, he's fine in that as well. But he's, you know, he's pretty hot always and just doesn't have to do a lot to... Yeah, I was like, who's that Who's that really fine doctor? Right, I'm also He glad looks like Lawrence. Nathan... Well, it's Lawrence. <laughs> also, Na- yeah. I'm also glad for the return of Nathan at the end of the season because Nathan's also super Yeah, uh, and Nathan hot. really, yeah. Yeah, Nathan's good. Um, so then the kind of main thing, and we've already been talking for an hour, so we won't, <laughs> we don't have to go too far. Oh, also wait, one, one quick little thing. Oh, yeah. Kelly is, Kelly is as usual, fantastic in the last episode. Oh, so. good. I'm glad because Kelly was like kind of sidelined yeah. this season and I didn't Yeah, no, it. she's, yeah, she only gets like these funny lines. So it was very funny when she was pretending to be British. Um, but she's, yeah, she's, she's funny again in this episode. Okay, I still would like more plot for her like more story for her because you're right she was really sidelined and she's not a main character in the last episode but she's got good lines so she's a producer on the show um i think she's one of the main producers of the show yeah um which i guess maybe took up like more time this i don't know i you know but i really like yeah kelly um so we were going to talk a little bit about dead to me um which had its second season land on Netflix, I think at the beginning of May. Um, And I loved it. I would give Dead to Me, the season of Dead to Me, I'd give like an A-. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. It's a little bit on its own scale of like, (laughs) now talk about a romantic thriller. Like, (laughs) right. I mean, uh, you know, I think we both liked the first season of Dead to Me a lot when it was on last summer. Um, and, yeah. but you know, I don't know. It's very fluffy. I wasn't. 
I here's the thing though. I feel like the second, second season, season, honestly. Yeah. Oh, you mean the first season? Right, 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 right. I thought the first season was like. I mean, it had its a lot of it had its cliffhanger, moments, but I was like left yeah. a little. I don't know. It didn't like make that much of I guess like an impression on me, even though I had fun watching it. Um, but this mm-hmm. season, I'm like still thinking about, and I finished it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's so much fun yeah it's really i if you if you haven't watched it yet and know other people who haven't watched and want to watch it i highly recommend doing the netflix party thing because it's a good show for like chatting while you're doing it because you can you can both be just chatting oh my god at the same time we're like no don't say that judy because judy you know anyway um it's yeah it's i loved the second season i did i had a lot more fun with the first one, which, you know, to your point about it being fluffy, I did think that the second season gets more into the meat of just, like, it, it's, it's a dark comedy, mm-hmm. but much darker it also season. doesn't, it's not pretending that this woman didn't kill a man. Mm-hmm. And she, and it shows just, it's a unique situation that you don't see in TV a lot. It's not just, you know, can these people get away with something? It's. You know, she she's not, in her mind, a murderer, right? Yeah. She, that's not her thing. She wasn't, you know, doing something in self-defense, as she led Judy to believe. And she um, then sleeps with the guy's twin brother. I mean, that you don't see that in TV. No. And it's, it's, there's no other word for it other than complicated. Yes. Oh, um, also, this is, we've got some... This is, you know, pretty spoilery for the the season, which I do think the less you know about the specific twist, the better. Yeah, that's true. I should probably shut up. I wanted to like I was thinking mostly in the very last twist, but you're right. Like you don't even know that it wasn't self. Yeah. Um, it You should know what you're getting into by now when you're listening to a TV podcast. <laughs> that's after true. Show yeah, aired, spoilers but, therein. But, but yeah, yeah, if we're trying to convince people to watch it, I do want to say less. So yeah. um, there are way more twists and Way more it's twists. Great. Like I was saying, like, you know, I mean, right, like, Ryan also tries to, like, end on a, you know, the great thing about Dead to Me, it's like some, one of these really fun shows where every episode ends with a massive cliffhanger. So you just have to watch the next one and every episode's only half an hour, half an hour. so, they pack so you just like breeze hour. through yeah they pack so much um i'll also say in terms of the casting james marsden is back and i love it so much because i love james marsden i he gets to this, play but is james marsden the hardest working man in hollywood like, he might be. I mean, you see him dance in this season, everything. and I think he's pretty hardworking. Also, yeah. also, he is a pretty main, uh, pretty big character on uh, Mrs. America. Um, mm-hmm. But like James Marsden pops up in goddamn near everything. Yeah, um, but he's he's like my favorite James Marsden in this season. He's the the funny, goofy, sort of silly James Marsden, a la Chris from Thirty Rock. Um, oh, he's so good on Thirty Rock. He's so good on 30 Rock, and he's kind of playing a similar, like, goofball, and he's, it's so, it's so great. Um, so, and then, of course, Christina Applegate and um, Linda Cardellini, the characters Jen and Judy, have, like, a really fun friendship. Their interactions are hilarious. Like, Christina Applegate's 
under the breath comments are just the stuff of legend. She's Christina Applegate is uh, just incredible on this show. I find her performance like nuanced. Like this could be a completely ridiculous character. I mean, they both could, both Jen yeah. and Judy. Um, but I think especially Christina Applegate like gives Jen so much humanity. And she's making awful choice after awful choice, but you maintain empathy. At least I did with her. Yeah. And like, I just her. I thought I thought they did a really good job in terms of expanding the relationship between her and the older son this season too. Who I think is a pretty good actor. He, and he he's so annoying in the first three episodes. Like I would get really mad annoying. if he was on screen. I was like, I wish he weren't here. Yeah. But it gets better. And then I I mean I think that like and they really go take take some pride in like exploring the the relationship between the two of them, which is actually really sweet. Um Yeah. I there are moments where I said, Oh Yeah, I mean both of them. Like she's a good mom. Um yeah. and she has a son. Like just two sons. Yeah. <laughs> Despite again, some very bad choices. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, both, you know, right, they could both be just, like, really doing the most, I think, with these characters, and they're not overplaying them at all, and there's some really great scenes. See, I think, like, Linda Cardellini does, is a tremendous actor on the show. She's so good. I, I'm like, there are scenes where I'm, like, blown away. I'm like... Totally, the last few episodes where... Judy is this, like, sweet person that just wants to do good for everybody but she's not vapid she's not like she's she has depth she is complicated she it's uh the the i mean i think it's very well written characters but she does a great job yeah 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 i mean the um you know i think it's interesting is you know we we meet linda cardellina's character in the first season where she's like lying about grieving her husband (laughs) um and then in this season, we see her actually grieving her husband, who, yeah. you know, or, or ex-husband. Um, and uh, really, you know, even though he was a real piece of shit mm-hmm. um, and abusive towards her, like, and so she has this really complicated journey of mourning him. Um, and anyway, I just, yeah, I thought that was really well done. What do you think... I kind of noted this last thing, but the one thing to me that was hard to watch about this season, and I was watching it, I think probably a few weeks after it came out on Netflix, and obviously, like, I don't know. But, um, so, I found aspects of the show pretty hard to watch in light of kind of everything that's going on with uh, movements against, like, police brutality. There's a lot of, like... I don't know there was a lot of like police empathizing also on this show and like especially the whole I like the character of Detective Perez a lot but like you know something that goes kind of mostly unexplored on this show is just the um, way that these like white women are sort of like exempted from the law you know sort of over and over again and i feel like especially this character direct detective perez like again i don't want to get too spoilery but like 
kind of literally lets Jen off the hook for like a massive, um, like a, a for you know kind of she's like committed a crime, and Detective Perez kind of really enables her in this, and I just like found it. And Detective Perez is like a Latina woman, it's like this woman of color, and like just like letting this like rich white lady off the hook for this crime and I, I don't know I found it like I was like watching and I was like really leaving a bad taste in my mouth I don't know if that was like just me um I didn't get that I think that there is a there's a lot going on here that made me not get that um and I'm not denying that that might be a thing um but I think the fact that it takes place in a very rich community and the fact that the police I think you're talking about are detectives as opposed to like um, people interrogating people on suspicion um, yeah. that they are investigating an actual homicide slash missing persons case and talking to people on of their own volition right um, and I think that's a very different thing than um, actual like you know what what's what's happening in non-wealthy communities yeah um, and I think that the show doesn't shy from the fact that it's taking place in this stupidly rich place. And it, I would have liked it to make fun of that more about that. This is just a very different America mm-hmm. than other places. Um, and I found the, the problematic aspects to be based on the lack of um, there could have been more like. I guess in this case it would have probably been working as satire about yeah. the kind of place they're in and less about the dynamics between the police and um, the like the, the people, right? Because in the end it was a product of just... I mean, like what you were saying, the fact that they're white women, rich white women too, um, is definitely an aspect. And my take after, you know, Perez lets her off the hook, I'm just kind of like well that's super unrealistic and makes me now think differently about the character Perez about Mm -hmm. whether she's good at her job Mm -hmm. like that's kind of crazy but it's definitely done in a way that makes you think like oh this is because of solidarity of women who might have been victims of abuse the way the conversation shakes out yeah totally so it's making you focus on something else um I just I I take your point um, I'm glad you said that. I hadn't really thought about that. I had been mostly thinking of it in terms of just like, boy, the rich live different lives than other people and white rich people live very different lives than anyone else in the country. And um, the things, and I, I was thinking throughout, it's like, well, these people are going to get away, you know, possibly with murder because they're rich and white ladies. Like that, this helps them. But I don't know mm. if the show is ignoring that because I think this is very specifically there's a reason they had it be two white ladies in a very rich town right they like that's kind of what the show is about yeah no it's true it's true I mean I think I would have I think just liked to I guess yeah I would I guess I would like to see that maybe and I and of course it's like also this is a show that is supposed to be you know this is the the prime again like the main goal here is just to be entertaining but i yeah i w- i think that you're right also about the maybe examine it a, a little bit more even satirically you know like i would 
maybe just yeah i mean we like yeah you're not watching it. this show for like the the lecture right no i know and definitely wouldn't want it to be lectury but just sort of like, yeah I guess and i mean and I'm, that, that's not me dismissing lectures other shows you can have it and it can be effective but yeah, yeah totally that was just like something that kind of occurred to me as i was watching it where i'm like mm, i'm just like not feeling a lot of like i mean we don't have to get into like what defunding the police means right. but <laughs> i imagine we would still need people to detectives for homicide definitely you know i would really hope that we're still funding homicide detectives definitely i think just like the the crime that we're talking about at the end of the show at the end of the season is so (laughs) you know is like so egregious right it's just but that's right it's it's just it just seems crazy to me yeah as opposed to you know i don't know but i'd be interested in other people's takes um so if you have one let if you us have know. one um if you've been to laguna it seems wild to me it so it really does a lot of like those these these that kid that made me hate her son so much with um, the influencer well the influencer too but her son when he like takes the car like yeah he gets yeah. sweet at the end but like that kid <laughs> was has a 99 percent chance of turning into a monster yeah exactly i just you know god yeah like you can't be it's really hard how you could possibly want to raise a child uh in that <laughs> like i would send yeah your kid is gonna be an asshole yeah yeah i would send him to like an all-girls boarding school a hundred percent yeah i'd be like you're you're safe nowhere right. you're a rich white teenager <laughs> like i gotta i gotta do something drastic with you <laughs> agreed agreed um but yeah i mean dead to me i i did not expect to feel this strongly about it at all yeah 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 and i and i really loved this season just a lot of fun um so wait did you say your grade i forget did i say what oh my grade oh i'm gonna give it an a or a minus i would say like a minus for sure yeah i think i would give the previous season like a b or b plus yeah agreed yeah agreed um okay so we should probably start wrapping up but i yeah yeah think we should talk about a few things that we are watching or not watching yeah should we start with not watching yeah it's more fun all right talk what are you not watching uh actually i guess it's not more fun because i was going to talk about what a fucking bummer am i not watching <laughs> uh wait what is this? i well again like if you're wa- i mean i don't know i've been watching a lot of hbo um because they were even playing this. Oh, this is the Mark Ruffalo the Mark thing. Mark Ruffalo thing. And because they play... Oh, gosh. Yeah, just make me cry looking at Mark Ruffalo. Totally. And they play trailers, even when you watch, like, old HBO stuff, they still play trailers for, like, you know, new stuff, right? So we were watching, like, so much Sopranos and kind of, like, getting this fucking... I know this... So I know this much is true is the miniseries uh, of HBO's prestige drama of the moment. Um which is in an adaptation from a Wally Lamb book, which is how you also know it's a huge fucking bummer. Um, yeah. So this show, I dare you to spend five seconds reading the Wikipedia entry for this book. It's like, oh my God. Um, it, it's just really bleak, really bleak. I guess Mark Ruffalo plays twins one of whom is schizophrenic and just the other one um just horrible oh boy, thing no after horrible you. thing befall them 
Um, just a hard no thank you. Also, Mark Ruffalo enjoys, I mean, uh, annoys me, I think, actually, just kind of. You're heartless, though. I know. I'm really alone on this. I know this is a you are very alone. I, I'm not, I'm not, I will not, absolutely not watch this bummer, but, um, I cannot join you there. I know. This is a very un- hot take of mine that I do not like Mark Ruffalo, and I realize that it's a hot take. Um, but he, he annoys me. So, I am not watching that. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? So, um, I tried watching that flower show. Right, the one um, that was like supposed to be pretty weird. Yeah, there's this basically a, a show very similar to Great British Baking Show and similar to the Great Pottery Throwdown, which, as you all know, is a sheer delight. Yeah. Um, it's... It's called The Big Flower Fight, and I watched, like, 25 minutes of it, and I kind of was just like, no, I can't do this. It's the con- the contestants, they're in teams, which that's fine, but they're, they have to build flower sculptures, and the first challenge, I haven't seen any of the other ones, but the first one, they have to gi- make these giant bugs, and it's so weird. There's something so off about it something very kind of uncanny valley about it mm. where you're you're just like but why are they doing that like what if it were a gardening show if they had to you know plant a garden that shows that includes like perennials or like plant a garden for pollinators plant you know i'd be like cool i might learn this but this is just you know they're basically just making statues with flowers and then this florist guy who clearly is very serious is judging them. And I'm kind of like, but what's he judging? Ah, it's weird. Hmm. Yeah. And Natasha Dimitrio from What We Do in the Shadows is one of the hosts. And she's oh, great. Oh, really? But, I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah. But and then the contestants, some of the pairs. First of all, it's like half American. Um, half of them are like Americans. And some of them are charming and wonderful, but there's this one couple, these two guys that one is Danish and one is Dutch, I think. And they are 20 minutes in. I was like, you guys are too annoying. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> so I am not going to watch that. There's, there's something very strange and off about That's it. That's what I like, read. I was like, you know, like an alien was like, oh, and now weird. we'll make them do shows about. Yeah, maybe an algorithm develop. You know, it's kind of like the. Um, Right, like as if an algorithm developed a you know competition show for Netflix, you know. Right. <laughs> we've, we've... There's just nothing to learn. I'm like, well, I'm this is not even something. I don't know. It's very weird. Ugh. Um, and then I'm also not going to watch Space Force because I heard it was pretty bad, I which was is gonna put which is kind of a bummer because the cast is solid, but it just sounds like it's not good. It's like uniformly been kind of ripped to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was also I meant to actually put that as one of mine as well. That's like Steve, the new Steve Carell. Uh, I think it's on Netflix show. It's Netflix. Yeah. Um, the trailers make it look good, but everything I've read, not worth it. So. Yeah. I agree. Um, um, so what are we watching? So, uh, well, I have, I started the new season of Queer Eye. Um, all right, which, all right. Uh, the last season, I think if everyone remembers, it's a little, to me, like pretty weird and disappointing was, um, they were the one. Oh, the Japan, Japan one. Yeah, I yeah. thought odd on a lot of levels. But here we're back in the U.S. We're in Philadelphia. 
um, and highlights so far, a gay pastor uh, is the season premiere. Um, he's so sweet. And um, also a woman trying to realize her dream of becoming a dog groomer. It involves a dog fashion show. I can't recommend it more highly. Um, yeah, you know, just Queer Eye is, it, like, I don't, it's, I, there are no bad seasons of Queer Eye to me. Um, I really mm-hmm. just, it's always kind of a total delight. Um, and it continues to be. So I've watched the first couple of episodes and they're delightful. Um, so I'm going to continue watching Queer Eye Philadelphia. Um, and I also want to check out Betty, which is HBO's new show about oh, yeah, I saw teenage that. skater girls. Um, and I think it, it looks really sweet and like it's like, I don't know, like a fun show about um, female friendships also and like teenage girls and like I kind of love that and like I think I think it's mm-hmm. by the I think it's the woman who did Skate Kitchen, um, which is also about teenage skaters, uh, which came out I think like last year or the year before. So um, I don't know. That's like a very refreshing vibe from from HBO. So I. I, uh, I want to check that out. All right. Um, oh, I also have a couple. A few HBO H- things. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, I think, like, all of our, our watchings are HBO. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you've, like, one Netflix and three HBO. Yeah. Um, so there's the new show um, on HBO called I May Destroy You. Um, that stars Michaela Cole, who you, whom you may remember from Chewing Gum, I do that really remember weird her from British show. Gum. Yeah, which she's so funny. So I didn't so, finish Chewing Gum, which this made me watching the trailer for this made me realize, and now I want to go back and do that also. I mean, we should do that. Yeah, yeah. but I'm gonna watch it just because Michaela Cole um, is excellent, and um, yeah, I think she should be getting more attention and. It seems like a, it's a it's a it's a weird show. It's one of those shows where the way they advertise it, you don't know what it's about. So it's kind of similar to the the intrigue hmm, aspect of Run, but I'm gonna give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I will obviously be watching is the first episode of Perry Mason Perry with Mason. Matthew Reese, which comes out this weekend. Yep. Gemini season going out with a bang. <laughs> Gemini season has been crazy this year, and you know it's not over yet, folks. Perry Mason is coming. I'm also so. pretty. Ex- I'm definitely gonna watch this also. Um, Good. I. I mean, I yeah. would make you. I'd like put you. I'd be like Tom. Hold open her eyelids and make her watch Perry Mason. Totally. No, I'm. I'm definitely. I, I'm pretty excited about this. I've been waiting for this for months. Yeah. Ever since HBO first put out that photo of Matthew Reese with the God the hat, bless. I've just been like. And, like, ten different people tweeted, Amanda, did you see this? Right. <laughs> it's like, yep. Just the perfect. If if only, um, you know, it, it just if it was British, it would be, like, the, you know, perfect confidence. Right, if he just spoke with his Welsh right. accent, I'd be like, oh, right, the, here we go. Absolutely the perfect confluence of um Though, Amanda. you know, my favorite mystery show ever is Columbo, so, and he's very American. Well, I'm still waiting for the Columbia, the Columbia, the Columbo revival starring Natasha Lyonne, so. Right, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, we actually Or, and that. see, I, I would be fine with Mark Ruffalo, but I would want you to be happy, so, Natasha Lyonne. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, 
cool. I guess uh, that... Well, that was a doozy of an episode. Doozy, but you know, we had a lot to discuss. It's been a while, so you know, you can listen to it in like two parts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's be real. No, honestly, I'll be, come on, like 30, 40% of the podcasts that I listen to are like approaching two hours an episode, so. That's wild. I promise to not do this again. And I I love a long podcast. I love a long winding podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you do. I know that friend of the pod, Caroline, is like me uh, in this as well we both listen to some of the same um <laughs> lengthy yeah. meandering yeah. podcast um but we do meander yeah so we'll uh you know we're gonna we're gonna keep churning out new episodes as long as i can schedule them around uh my child rearing duties but of course your the son. podcast comes first second yeah my family comes then second. your son yeah this is your first son. Yeah, exactly. This is your daughter. <laughs> this is my daughter. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is my daughter, my first child. Um, and you know, right. The heir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My yeah, my family second to my podcast. Um, All right. Well, I feel better about myself now. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, yeah. And Amanda, you are my other child. It's a weird relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's fine with yeah, me. Yeah, I'm a good. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go make you dinner. Uh, all right. Um, I was gonna say something like call you mom, but that just felt. Weird. Yeah, and then it starts to get real weird. Then it starts getting really weird. So let's just sign off before that happens. Done. All right. Now, till next time, Amanda. Bye. Bye.